Hi there, and welcome back to Romanticy, a podcast created by Dipsy. I'm your host, Faye Keegan. We're now at episode four of Wings of Winter, and we're fully in the mix of the gleaning. The first challenge is behind us, and our enemies are becoming more than that. They're becoming not only allies, but also lovers. In episode four of Wings of Winter, we get to know Hawthorne a little more, who's a witch who was introduced in episode two, and sort of flesh her out a little more and establish her as a central character in this series. So we have 10 episodes of Wings of Winter live in the Dipsy app right now. And this is a bit of a spoiler, just so you know. But before our audio producer, Kara, had read the final couple scripts, she sort of asked me, like, oh, we're going to get, like, our Rowan, Hawthorne, human threesome you've been teasing, right? And I am sorry to disappoint her and the rest of you if you thought that you're going to get. But in these first 10 episodes, at least, there is no uh, Rowan, Hawthorne, human um, threesome. But you know what? Maybe episode 20, episode 300, maybe Hawthorne gets her own series. We're still at the very beginning of this epic tale. But uh, it was a good note for us as storytellers to be careful introducing these tertiary characters, like a little too interesting, a little too hot, pulling a little focus away from our central love story. So while there is no human witch fae threesome in this episode, there is lots of other really great stuff. So I will get out of the way and let you listen. Before I do, I'll remind you that the rest of the series and hundreds of other spicy audio stories are available for you right now on the Dipsy app. And you can use uh, the code Romanticy at dipsystories.com to get 30 days free. That's D-I-P-S-E-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S.com slash Romanticy to get 30 days free right now. Listen to this and many more. But here it is. I'll let you listen for yourself. Here is episode four of Wings of Winter. Meat sizzled and hissed in the pan, and still you slept, your arm thrown over your eyes to block the sunlight now coming through the cabin windows. I was tempted to wake you, but you need all the energy you could muster for the second day of the challenge and we'd certainly not gotten a good night's sleep. The memory of what we'd done crept back into my mind, like a snake slipping through morning dew grass. The outline of your curves in the moonlight, your legs wrapped tightly around my waist, deep inside your warm, slick wetness. My cock twitched. I needed a cold bath, now. And then, just as I was about to use magic to conjure water, you stirred. I'd been awake since dawn, my heightened immortal senses tuned to your every breath and movement, all sweet, soft, and perfectly human. It was torture, pure torture. Now, finally, you were awake. You stretched your arms above your head without even giving a single glance in my direction. You fetched my linen undershirt from the floor and slipped it on. It was comically large on you. Then you poured a cup of the acorn brew I'd made and sat at the kitchen table. Are we going to make a plan for the amulets or what, Rowan? You asked me. All at once, I remembered how infuriatingly annoying you were when awake. I slammed the two plates down and sat in the chair across from you. You shoveled food into your mouth without thanking me. You only looked up when I rolled out a dusty map of Dreadmorn Grove across the table. 
Before you could speak, I described my search plan. We could start on the outer edges and work our way back toward the center where we had begun the competition. We could avoid conflict, cover ground systematically, and likely cover about three-fourths of the forest before the end of the competition. It was the safest possible plan. You rolled your eyes at me. You scoffed. You derided my idea. Why search for the undiscovered amulets, you asked, when we can take them off the necks of our competitors? You didn't want to hunt the amulets, you wanted to hunt the other players. Let them do the searching, you said. We'll do the stealing. Let's stake out the area where the game makers told us to return come midnight, you said. It's reckless, I said, and needlessly violent. Just like you, I added. You're awfully cowardly for someone so powerful, you retorted. My magic flared, but this time, in anger. For a moment, I wondered if our lovemaking had only been a dream. Where the softness was between us before, was now turned into hardness, like the way the warm southern rivers iced over in winter. The sudden chill between us was thick in the air. If we could not agree upon a plan, we might not succeed and we could not advance, or worse, could make ourselves vulnerable to the other competitors in the grove, not to mention the many evil creatures that roam these woods. You slammed your cup of acorn tea down on the table. We don't have time for your plan, Rowan, and it does not guarantee success. Your plan will get us killed, I replied coolly. Only if we don't kill them first, you replied. We were at a stalemate, and then there was a knock at the door, three raps upon the wood. We both leapt to our feet, our weapons in our hands in a matter of seconds. The tension of our argument quickly dissipated by the imminent possibility of danger. Suddenly there was the sound of a throat clearing. The sound of it was familiar to my fey ears, although imperceptible to yours and I immediately relaxed. It was Hawthorne. You saw me replace my weapons in their scabbards, and you sheathed one dagger but kept one in hand. Perhaps you did trust me at least halfway. Come in, I said. Relax, human, I said, laughing a little. Put away your weapons. It's a friend, I continued. Your heart rate slowed just a little, but you kept the knife in your hand. As Hawthorne swept inside the door, the room was filled with the rich smell of smoke and cinnamon leaf. Witches always had a smoky smell, it was the scent of their kind. But the cinnamon leaf was all Hawthorne. I gestured for her to take a seat. Hello, Rowan, she said calmly, and I smiled in return. Hello, human, she said a bit more coolly. Does anyone care to tell me what in hellfire is happening here, you spat? and both Hawthorne and I chuckled in response. This is an ally of ours, human, I said. Your eyebrows raised skeptically at my use of the word ours. You were going to make this difficult, weren't you? I explained who Hawthorne was and my relationship to her. You listened, but I could tell by the tension in your muscles, the furrow in your brow. You might accept her presence, but you didn't trust her. Hawthorne sensed it, too. She seemed both entertained and offended by your human antics. 
Then she removed her cloak and revealed a glinting amulet hanging heavily from her neck. How did you find it? I asked curiously. I didn't find it. I traded for it. I offered a healing tincture to a herd of lightning stags. They'd been diseased for many seasons now, but had no cure, she said. Hawthorne was a very talented herbalist, perhaps the most skilled of any of the witches. And then, I said, they offered me the amulet that had been hidden in their glade by the game makers, she said. Many of the amulets have likely already been found, she said, just not yet by the competitors. I could tell you were impressed by Hawthorne's story. You had shifted forward in your seat, even if your face was still set in a solid scowl. I described our opposing strategies to Hawthorne, and she quickly eliminated your plan. She'd overheard a large group of allied elves discussing their plan to stake out the final area. They were well-armed and would outnumber us. It would mean certain death, especially for a human, she said. With a hint of judgment in her voice, Hawthorne's skepticism of you and her disapproval of my choice for an ally was clear as day. Fair enough. Even I was confounded by my own action and the pull you had on me. Yet, I knew if she got to know you, to witness your cunning and quickness, she'd come to see you as a powerful ally as well. Her disapproval went beyond the practical, though. She knew that the royal court would not be happy about such an alliance if they were to find out. The Fae did not mingle much with other immortals, let alone with humans. Most Fae considered such fraternizing deeply beneath them, and best boring and at worst besmirching of their station. The regional lines of Aurora hadn't always been so strictly drawn, but with the beginning of the long winters, each of the four peoples kept more or less to themselves. My father had civil relations with the regions, but he favored the Fey, and something bordering on obsession with our ancestral lands, lands that now blossomed in an eternal and abundant summer. It should have come as no surprise that the first challenge was in Dreadmorn Grove. It was rumored to be where our people first settled in Aurora many thousands of years ago. It was said that here, the Fey people were born. Time was ticking away on this first challenge. But as Hawthorne and the human argued, I felt pulled into memories of my childhood. My father's intense obsessions, his particularities, his esteem for the Fae and our history. Surely it had been his interest in Dreadmorn Grove that had occupied my imagination and drawn me to it as a child. He'd hung tapestries in his hunting lodge not far from the edges of this forest. Each depicted a scene from the grove. The first tapestry was a herd of lighting stags, the very same creatures Hawthorne had just taken an amulet from. Of course. My father had left me clues. If only I was clever enough to decipher them. My mind raced through the memory of the other tapestries. Most depicted creatures and scenes the other immortals would know about. The waterfalls where the water nymphs sang, the night raven's aries, but there was one perhaps the others had not thought to or not dared to explore. The final tapestry depicted a dark and dangerous bog, home to the Shadewalker, a strange creature who was covetous of all things that shined and shimmered. 
My face must have conveyed my excitement because you and Hawthorne suddenly paused in your debate and looked at me expectantly. I know where to find the amulets, I said, already standing and gathering my supplies. I looked at you and delivered an order. Make haste. Hawthorne knew not to question me. I'll go secure the final area, she said, to ensure you have a safe passage at the finish. Is anyone going to tell me what is going on here? You said, on the way, I quickly replied. Fucking immortals, you muttered. Both Hawthorne and I laughed. It was mere minutes before we were out the door. The eastern bog was as haunting as I remembered it. As a child, I'd have nightmares of the dark, still pools of water and the beings lurking in their depths. It was near noon, and yet the mist obscured any sun. We walked quietly side by side. Our weapons were tucked away, but ready for use at any moment. Despite your humanness, your senses were sharp. You noticed the same things that I did, and the snapping of a far-off branch, one I was sure you should not hear. You would subtly change your stance. You were reactive, instinctive, yet not fearful. A very fine hunter you must have made in the southern realm where the game was particularly dangerous. It would be a few miles yet until we reached the Shadewalker's dwelling. Perhaps it was dangerous to talk. It could alert creatures and competitors to our whereabouts, but I found myself filled with questions about you. What? You asked me. I can tell you want to ask me something. What is it? You continued. I was just wondering what it was you hunted in the southern region. Who taught you? I wondered aloud. It was my mother. You said... And I must admit I was surprised, although I shouldn't have been. I was quickly learning not to underestimate the abilities of human women. You took a deep breath before speaking, softening a little as you said. My mother is a very skilled huntress. She started taking me out when I was nine. We didn't have much of a choice, food was scarce, but also, I wanted to go. All my brothers were already learning. It wasn't long before I was better than all of them, too. I saw your face light up with a playful smugness as you told the story. You told me of the supper your family had hosted when you killed your first creature. A celebration, but still meager in my eyes. One boar shared among so many. The picture of the southern realm you described was dangerous, starving, brutal. Daughters hunting to put dinner on their brother's plates. And yet the story of the meal and your family, the songs they would sing, seemed warm and abundant in comparison to the banquets my father presided over. They were always filled with so much small talk and political posturing that my jaw would ache from the end of the night. And were I not to make a good enough impression, my father would surely let me know it. The only songs were those of war and battle, perhaps abundant in many ways, but bereft in others. I wanted to ask you more, but then there was a noise, a strange, echoing voice. You quietly slid your sword from the sheath, and I pressed my hand gently against your chest, putting you behind me. I knew these woods better. I should be first. It was all right. It was only a repeater raven. They would sometimes pick up on conversations and echo them back in their strange register. We walked faster, and in silence, you now behind me, 
We kept our weapons drawn, the repeater raven echoing the sound of your memory over and over for us to listen to. As we neared the Shadewalker's dwelling, I had an urge to slip my hand into yours, but dismissed it as a symptom of lack of sleep and the dizzying effect of the fog. What had happened between us last night was not unfamiliar to me. I had slept with allies and friends before. The pressure of battle and the elation of temporary safety within it was an intoxicating force. There was nothing inherently wrong with desire for another. I'd always drawn a firm but respectful line when betting someone new. Something beyond a night or two would only complicate. I was not fit to be any kind of long-term mate. I had duties and ambitions, and it was rare for me to feel any magic in my heart. I had no time for this thinking now. The bog was becoming darker, although it was day. We were nearing the Shadewalker's cave. I had not dared to enter as a child. I was adventurous, but not stupid. I warned you that he would likely want something from us in return for the amulets, but that his asks were rarely as simple as they seemed. At least that is what the old Fey myth said. We moved deeper and deeper into the damp darkness, and soon we saw the lick of a blue flame and a voice beckoned us. Come to me, it said. I felt fear flicker in your heartbeat for the shortest moment when he revealed himself. I'd never seen his body in the flesh, impossible to describe and yet familiar. It was like a cross between a scaled creature and winged bird. The sight of his demonic body turned even my warrior's blood cold. Ah, Rowan, he said. It's been a long time since you've wandered into my bog. Hello, I said. And what is this peculiar creature? He asked with an unsettling curiosity. I'm a human huntress, you replied before I could. The Shadewalker squinted its yellow eyes, observing you for a moment, then said, Perhaps you are, and perhaps you are not. The remark was strange. I had a million questions, but refrained from asking. We would need all of our goodwill to secure the amulet I suspected he had. What is it you want from me? The Shadewalker asked. We are looking for amulets, I said. I can give it to you then, the Shadewalker said, but only if you give me something in return. I sighed. What is it that you want from us in exchange, Shadewalker? I asked. He paused for a moment thinking, running a sharp talon along his jaw. Give me the thing you care about most. I got the sense he already knew what he wanted from me from the way he was smiling. I thought about what I could exchange. My swords, my bows, the book of spells in my satchel. Ah, yes, my chain. My mother had gifted it to me when I was 13. It had been her father's. I carefully unclasped it and handed it over. The Shadewalker clutched it with his scaly talons. What a terrible, covetous creature. I waited for him to give us the amulets, but he merely stood there, looking at me expectantly, as if I had not just handed over my most prized heirloom, the last thing my mother had given me before her passing. There is something you care for more, Faye. Perhaps you are just not aware of it, he said menacingly. And I thought more. What else could I possibly give him? 
I looked at you, thinking perhaps you had an idea, and a spattering of magic spread under my skin. Could it be? It couldn't. Is it her you want? I asked the Shadewalker, and he smiled and said, Very good, immortal. I promise, I'll be gentle, he said. You stiffened immediately, preparing to defend yourself. The fact that you thought I would hand you over to this sniveling beast wounded me. I would not, I could not do so. But I had answered his riddle and made myself vulnerable, and we were no closer to getting the amulets. I tried bargaining with him further, offering him money, royal favor, privileges at court and in the realm, things I should not be offering. He merely shook his head over and over, seemingly taking great joy in my frustration. And then you did the unthinkable. You walked over to him and said, take me. I couldn't believe my eyes. What were you doing? He wrapped a scaled wing tightly around you. The sight of you in his grasp filled me with terrible, turbulent magic. It moved through my veins like molten fire burning as it surged inside me. He dangled a single golden amulet in front of me, not the two we had hoped for. And yet, I didn't care about the challenge in that moment. I only cared about getting you away from that terrible thing. Out of his arms, and back into mine. If you want the second one, you'll have to let me keep her. No deal, I said, and the Shadewalker looked at me surprised. I'll take the single amulet in exchange for my chain. The Shadewalker considered my offer. He was powerful, but his covetousness of golden things weakened him. All right, he said. Give me the chain and you can take her. While his talons had been on you, I had heard your heart pounding, your fear betrayed by your body as you pretended to be brave. I'd also felt something else, that he had been draining from you. I couldn't put my finger on it exactly, but it was like an ember graying, slowly ashing. He had been siphoning something from you in those moments. I wrapped my arm around you on instinct, and I could tell you were surprised, but you did not fight me. Then I took the single golden amulet from the Shadewalker and thanked him before turning on my heel, grabbing your hand in mine, and rushing us both quickly out of the cave. We did not speak again until we were out of the bog. My mind was spinning. How would we find a second amulet in time? There was only an hour left. It seemed unlikely that we'd both be able to complete the mission. The best thing I could do was to let you move forward with the amulet. You were the one who risked your life with the Shadewalker after all. It seemed only fair, except when I offered you the amulet, you merely smiled smugly and pushed my hand away. No, thank you, Rowan. You said, don't be proud, I insisted. Take it. Oh, I'm proud, all right, you said. Just not for the reason you think. Then, you reached inside your battle leathers and pulled out a shining second amulet. My shock was written plainly on my face. How did you do it? You were amused and absolutely gloating as you explained that you had nicked it off of Hawthorne as she was leaving the cabin. In my defense, you said, I always said I was planning on stealing it off a competitor. It seemed my plan has worked. 
I was impressed for a moment, then furious. Oh, don't be so serious, you said, rolling your eyes at me again. If she is a witch worth her weight, she'll be able to find another. Then you turned on your heel and started heading back the way we'd come. Only when you were a few yards away did you turn your arrogant human head and look over your shoulder. Are you coming or what, Rowan? You said. We've got a challenge to finish. <laughs>